gathering. Great to have you with us. Visitors, we welcome you. If you're watching on the website, be sure to uh, send the link to a friend. If you're watching on Facebook right now, why don't you invite a friend along? Let them know that you're watching this. We're going to take the next hour and talk about a message that I think is really revolutionary. It's a view of certain portions of Scripture that allow us to uh, unchain ourselves from some of the religious tradition and teaching uh, about our walk with God. And it's just so important. It set me free. I know it's setting a lot of people free, and I want you to hear it. And uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd love to invite you along, and, and please encourage your friend to come. It's good to have you with us. Uh, we are going to be receiving communion today, and so uh, do prepare. Uh, go ahead and grab your communion elements, your bread and your wine, and have those ready. We'll do that at the close of service. My name is Jeff Corson. I'm the senior pastor here at Genesis Gathering, and it's, again, just great to have you with us. Matt and Lisa are back this week. They're with us, and despite the fact that it's like s minus seven degrees uh, here where we... <laughs> where we live. Some of you are laughing and you're, you're in your shorts and your sandals. You're getting ready to go walk the dog. Don't walk the dogs yet. Stick around for an hour. But uh, I rebuke you in Jesus' name uh, for your laughter. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. It, 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 it got worse as we went through the night. You know, it was like, you know, plus one and then it got minus two and then it got minus five. And coming over here this morning, uh, in my car anyway, is like minus 7. By 11 o'clock, it's supposed to be minus 11. It's just crazy. Tonight, it's supposed to be minus 16. And I know a number of you in warmer climates don't care. So we're going to turn this over to Matt and Lisa now. And they have a couple worship courses for us. Everybody, it is cold. I'm just going to keep this jacket on. So uh, this morning, we're just going to start off with some worship, and uh, we're glad that you're, you've joined us. Sing along with us, worship, uh, and just let your heart worship God. You were the Word at the beginning, one with God the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us So Jesus, you brought heaven down My sin was great, your love was greater What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is What a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. Silence the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you have raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. 
What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my what a powerful name it is nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is the name of jesus sing beautiful name what a beautiful name it is the name of jesus sing wonderful what a wonderful name it is the name of jesus what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Well, happy Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day, whether you like it or not. And uh, we're going to actually sing a love song to Jesus. So sing along with us if you know it. Your presence. 
for your presence it's really strong today we ask that you would bless this service we ask that you would bless the people listening to this um, that hearts would be open to hear what you have for them today we thank you for your love we thank you for your presence today with us in Jesus name amen Thank you, you guys. Hello, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, hey, I was thinking this morning, you know, about um, there's all kinds of people on Valentine's Day that may not be partnered up exactly. And, uh, you know, God loves you with an everlasting and really unconditional love, no matter where you're at or what you're doing or who you are. He absolutely loves you and today's a good day to remember that and then I was also thinking maybe you know someone who's alone it could be a grandparent a parent could be a child it could be a friend um, they need a call today or a text or a visit and for someone to love on them and wish them a happy Valentine's Day so maybe that's something you'll want to do today is spend a little time reaching out to those that you know that uh, don't have someone necessarily and just a quick, hey, we love you. So um, we will be praying later on today for any prayer requests that you have. Um, and so I'm just realizing I didn't bring with me any prayer requests this morning. And uh, so if you have prayer requests, please text me at 720-878-3377. If you're on Facebook, you can send your prayer requests that way. We have a bit of a delay on Facebook, so I might not get it in time, but you can still send them that way and we will pray. And if you will uh, otherwise send them to my text at 720-878-3323. We'll be uh, including your prayer requests here in just the next few minutes. I want to mention to you that it is time to restock our food pantry here, along with St. John's. It's St. John's Food Pantry, but we um, um, join in with them. It's a great joint effort for us to be able to do this with them. And so, and Easter is coming up, and we, uh, St. John's does Easter food boxes, and uh, so between just the everyday need for food in the pantry and the Easter food boxes. If you'd like to join in on that, we're looking for uh, food that, doesn't expi that isn't expired and is non-perishable. You can bring it by the church building pretty much Monday through Friday, and uh, we'd be happy to take that and join that in. And if you have any folks that you know that you believe are in need of food, um, for the Easter food boxes, please let me know, and we'll get their names submitted, and um, and they'll get a food box at Easter. Uh, you'll need to help us with how to get it to them, uh, as far as perhaps you'll not might need to bring it to them, that kind of thing. But if you want to submit a name, please let me know, and we'll get them hooked in. So, guys, your gathering is this, guys. Did I say that, guys? G U Y S, guys. Your, your gathering is this Thursday night by Zoom. Seeing as it's Valentine's Day, I thought I'd call it your bromance night. You can have a bromance this Thursday night with other guys. So, 7.30, if you'd like, my husband's, of course, going, hey, hey, well, Y'all have a great time. I know you do. 7.30 Thursday night. It's every other week. It's this Thursday, um, which should be February 18th, 7.30 by Zoom. If you'll go out to our website at genesiscc.net, you can find the Zoom link there and join in. I hear it's a really great time. 
I want to remind you again, I, uh, Jeff mentioned it a little earlier, that uh, we are doing communion this morning. If you want to prepare, pre prepare your bread and wine or juice, uh, and if you weren't prepared and don't have those, and you don't have don't have wine or juice at home, you know, just go ahead and make a choice of what you'd like to use for communion this morning, and we will be receiving communion together a little a little bit later in the service. We want to thank you for your faithful giving that allows us to continue to minister through Genesis Church and. Um, if you have not given online and you'd like to, we do have online giving through our website. If you'll just go out again to genesiscc.net and you'll find the donate button in the bottom right and uh, you can give in that way. Or you can text to give, very simple. And you text to the number 720-730-8510. Seven two zero seven three zero eighty five ten, and you'll get all the prompts that you need for your giving. And again, thank you. We appreciate uh, your giving to the ministry of the Lord through Genesis Church. Um, prayer requests. We're about at that time, so let me just see if anyone has texted. I see some texts here. And uh, by the way, Jeff Peters said, no, no bromance on Thursday night. That's not, should I pray for that, Jeff? Don't answer. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, I see that we are praying for Matt. Uh, he's having a minor, minor skin surgery tomorrow, and we want to be sure that there is nothing major that they find there, that it's all well and good. I know we also need to pray for Deborah, who is dealing with cancer. And there was someone else. Oh, that's it. And Elizabeth, uh, our dear friend Elizabeth, who is having hip surgery. Um, she has put it off and put it off because she's allergic to metals. Uh, she has two doctor's opinions that believe she can do titanium. But, of course, there's still some, uh, they're not sure. But they're going ahead with the hip surgery because um, they're at a place where they really need to do that. For um, Jenny, for her sisters, Christine and Steph, with their pregnancies, that they have a safe and good pregnancy and births, uh, we'll pray for those. Those are all just now coming in. Oh, got a, uh, Tanya has a frozen pipe. I'm so sorry, Tanya. Uh, let us know if you need some help in some way, and we will take, we'll pray over that. As a matter of fact, Cameron's, if you're watching this morning, we had some leaking in our bathroom. So we need our roof checked out. <laughs> Already taken care of. So, all right, let's, uh, anything else? Let me look one more time. Thanks everyone for your prayer requests and forgive me for rambling on and on. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We come, and when we come to God, the very fact that we're coming to God is an act of faith. And we come to you in faith, Father, that you care, that you're paying attention already to these needs. We pray for Matt. We pray for um, um, Elizabeth and for Deborah uh, in, their, in their situations with their ailments that they're dealing with. And we thank you, Father, for your healing power in their bodies. We thank you that they have abundant life and all sickness and disease and malfunctioning in the body uh, cannot resist the, the wonderful life of God flooding their bodies and healing them. For Jenny's sisters who are pregnant, Christine and Steph, we thank you, Lord, for these wonderful opportunities. These, that's not quite the right word, but these wonderful pregnancies that new life is coming into the earth. And we thank you, Father, for your protection around those babies and those mamas. And we thank you for giving them good pregnancies, safe pregnancies, and healthy deliveries. For Tanya Lard, who is dealing with this frozen pop we, pipe, we thank you for supplying all of her needs and all of her family's needs in regards to this Jesus and um, helping them to resolve it quickly and that all the finances that they need are present for that. And we thank you for these things in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your continued help throughout our world to get rid of this COVID-19 disease 
for the vaccinations that have come forth. We pray for continued healthiness in everyone who gets the vaccine. I know there are some people who are concerned about it. We pray, Father, for your help in all of this situation that we're dealing with in our world and that you deliver us, Father, in this world to life and more abundantly in the name of Jesus. I think that's it. Amen. Jeff's coming and going to bring the word. Amen. Thank you, sweetie. Actually, I'm going to bring my iPad. <clears throat> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm going to continue in our series called Voices. I hear voices. Last week we talked about a man who had a ministry called prophecy. He was a prophet in the Old Testament. And this man was very powerful and exciting and uh, charismatic and, and angry and passionate for the Lord and all these things. And he taunted the worldly prophets of Jezebel. Jezebel was wife of the king and had a very controlling, manipulative spirit. And she had a regiment of prophets who were faithful and loyal to her. And uh, Elijah said, let's do a test. I'll tell you what. You make an altar and you call on your gods and uh, let, let's, let's see if they answer. And I'll make an altar, okay, uh, and we'll use the same altar, actually, and uh, we'll, we'll put the, the sacrificed animals on it and all of that, and then uh, I'll call on my God, and we'll see. So uh, that, that event takes place, and Elijah, before he calls, and of course they, the, the 400 prophets of Baal, and uh, Jezebel's uh, group, nothing happened when they called on their God, but Elijah before he prayed, he soaked the entire altar. In fact, he built a ravine around it in, with water and then soaked the altar and then called on God. And the power of God came down and consumed the entire altar, licked up all of the water, and then they declared that all of the prophets of Baal should be killed. Jezebel is notified of this and she threatens Elijah with his life that he too will go the way of the prophets whose life he took within 24 hours. So he runs. Elijah, Elijah starts running for his life and he winds up 40 miles away in a cave. We now know as a result of last week that this cave is on Mount Sinai in the desert of Sinai and that there's a number of Hebrew scholars who believe that this was the actual cleft of the rock where God visited Moses and gave him the Ten Commandments. In verse 9 of 1 Kings 19, God asks Elijah a question about his presence there and says, what are you doing here? And essentially, Elijah blames God. He says, look, I've been faithful to you. I called down fire on the sacrifices. I proved your glory. I proved that you reign, your Lord over all. We wiped out uh, all of the prophets of Baal and destroyed them. I've always been faithful and loyal to you. I go to church. I read my Bible. Uh, I, I'm up on my Bible reading plan. I volunteered uh, for missional work. I, I, I do everything that the church wants me to do, and yet I'm running for my life because they've threatened me. Jezebel, that controlling spirit, has threatened me with my life, and I'm running. In other words, God, this is your fault. I'm out here because I've obeyed you. And we pick up that story in verse 11 and 12 here. The Lord said, Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now again, remember, this is the same location where God visited Moses and had to put his hand over Moses' eyes so that Moses couldn't see him because no man can see the glory of God and live. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But, watch this, the Lord was not in the wind. 
After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Interesting, because all three of those elements were present on the mountain of Sinai when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. But here it says that the Lord wasn't in any of those things. Ah, there's already a transition coming. Get ready for it, folks. There's a transition coming. All right, there's a new revelation regarding the character and the nature of God and what he requires of man coming. So he has Elijah go out and stand in this same area and all this same stuff happens and the scripture says God wasn't in that and then it says this, and after the fire came a gentle whisper, a gentle whisper. Now remember, this is you. All right? This is you. You've been running from the prophets or from uh, that controlling spirit that's trying to ruin your life and ruin your finances and keep you in bad relationships and says uh, wonky things about you and has run your reputation down and has been trying to destroy your assets and keep your cars from running. I mean, this is you. All right? This is me. I'm, we're running. And he's now in the cave of revelation. So he's gone down to his favorite church conference, recommended to him by some of his friends. You know, big name so-and-so is here. If, if you'll go where God's moving, I literally heard that within the last week. Somebody made that statement. You need to go where God is moving. And if you go where God is moving, then God will show up and your situation will be taken care of. That's the promise. And Elijah knows that's where he is in this cleft of the rock. But he's running. He's expecting glories. He's expecting miraculous manifestations like happened for Moses. And the scripture says God isn't in any of it. Is it possible that God has left, that God has vacated some of the familiar things that you are trying to regurgitate and reuse because you think so-and-so big name is going to be over there and, and because they're there, because that ministry is there, because once upon a time this prophet prophesied and so-and-so's life was changed. So you've been chasing these things, okay? And, and, and so now, is it possible that maybe God has vacated that in your life and in your walk? And he's wanting something different called a still small voice. This still small voice, we're told, was a tiny whispering sound, the sound of a light whisper. In fact, Abraham Herschel's literal rendering of it goes this way, a voice of silence. And so we entitled last week's message, The Sound of Silence. Did you know silence has a sound to it? There's a sound to silence. And as Elijah got out there in that Sinai desert where there's nothing, it gets so quiet out there. We don't have anything like it here in our country. You don't have anything like it here in our state, even a mountaintop or mountain meadow where nothing else exists but the trees. I've been in such a meadow, and it's not that silent. I can tell you. I can promise you. I've put my Bose headphones on. I've tried to stop all the noise, but there's still noise that gets through. This was not that. This was the desert of Sinai and Mount Sinai where nothing else existed. And, and the Hebrew language here gives us to understand that this silence was so quiet, so without any noise at all, that the only thing that Elijah could hear was his, the, the sound of his own breath. I'm, I'm, I'm breathing right now. And I, I, I don't hear that. I, I hear the fan of the HVAC system here, and I, I hear purses, and I, I hear noise and Bibles turning, and I, you know, my wife putting her lipstick on and checking her eyelashes and you know, looking in the... No. <laughs> I, I, hear, I, I hear all kinds of noise. I can hear street noise as the cars go by here. That's the, this was so quiet, so silent. And God shows up and says, Hey, Elijah, rather than all the miraculous signs, rather than the wind and the earthquake and the fire, I'm not moving in that way. I'm going to move in a new relationship to you called the sound of 
silence. It's fragile, it's thin, it can be interrupted by your thought life, it can be interrupted by distractions and preoccupations with the things of this world and well-meaning friends and pursuits that we all have. And the scripture says he walks out of that cave. God says walk out. He walks out of the cave. He covers his face in expectation. And it's completely different. He hears nothing but this voice of silence. And God asks him a second time in verse 13, what are you doing here? Now, literally, in the Hebrew, that phrase, what are you doing here, actually says this. What is for you here? What is for you here? No crowds, no applause, Elijah, like you're used to. No, oh man, you're the man of faith and power. You're, you're, that, the, you're the, the man who's laid hands on the sick. You're the man who's pushed a bunch of people over in meetings and seen them fall on the floor. I'm being a bit sarcastic. But I've watched that happen in meetings where people were pushed over in the, under the guise of the power of God. All right. So you were expecting all of this to happen and there's no crowds, there's, crowds, there's no righteous cause, there's no approving audience, you, there's nobody to whip into a frenzy, the earthquake doesn't matter, the wind doesn't matter, the fire doesn't matter, here's what matters, my still small voice. And I'm saying to you this morning that God has left the place of familiar common manifestations that you and I used to chase after. You know, Jesus, Jesus said it this way. Many will come and say to me in that day, did we not do great miracles in your name? Did we cast, not cast out demons in your name? Did we not, all right, we attended the great faith meetings. We were in all the great conferences. Did we not do this, Jesus, in your name? And Jesus is going to say back to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Is it actually possible to do miracles, to cast out demons, to be in all the great meetings that are being recommended that you chase after speaker so-and-so and hear the words from Jesus, I never knew you? Is it possible to have such a shallow, thin, fragile relationship with the Holy Spirit that you think that you're on top of the world, you are on top of faith, you're operating in the power and manifestation of God, and yet, even Jesus doesn't really know you. Because that's not the kind of relationship with Jesus that the New Testament and that Paul and the Gospels talk about that we're to pursue and to seek after. Our number one issue in listening to God is the reuniting of our soul with our spirit. See, our body is in process. It has not been saved. Our spirit is already complete, according to Paul in Colossians 2 and verse 10 and according to John in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. Our, our spirit's already saved and it's complete and made whole. But our soul is being saved. It's in process of maturation. It's, it's being renewed. Paul spoke of this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. He spoke about it in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 39. That there's an ongoing sanctification process for our soul. So our, our body is yet to be saved. All right, It will be caught up and glorified and changed. Our, our spirit is already perfectly in the image of God and has been saved, past tense. But our soul is in a process of being saved. And the key to listening to the voice of God is to get your soul into unity with your spirit because your spirit has perfect relationship with God and with his spirit. Your spirit hears the Spirit of God perfectly, but your mind, will, and emotions often get in the way. Why are you here, Elijah? Which recently, another Hebrew scholar said, if, if I were to restate that, 
phrase. Why are you here, Elijah? In relationship to him being in the Sinai Desert and the idea of silence, a still small voice, he put it this way. He said, quote, Who are you here, Elijah? What is your identity? What are you holding on to? What are you passionate about in your Christianity, in your walk with Jesus? Is it the miracles? Is it the signs? Is it the wonders? Is it the reaching a certain quota of reading the Bible and the scripture? Is it who you hang with? Is it how many good works you've done? How many great things you've done for God and for Christ? All right, are those the things you're relying on? Or is it an intimacy with the voice of the Holy Spirit where you listen to him, you get silent? So I'm, I'm calling this message the place of silence. Last week we talked about the sound of silence. This week we're talking about the place of silence. Where is that? How do I get into it? How can I stay in that place of silence? Recently, a friend and member of our church reached out to me. And they asked me this. Why is it so difficult to be quiet and still before God? And I, I might add to that and translate it. I can't hear God. I'm not sure when God is speaking to me. All, all three of those things. Why is it so difficult to be quiet and still before God? I, I, I don't feel like I hear God well. It all, it's all goes together. I'm going to share with you the answer that I gave to this individual because I really believe the Holy Spirit gave me a, a Spirit-led answer that I want to take for a moment and unpack and help you understand the place of silence. Listen now. Why is it so difficult, this individual asked me, to be still, to find that place of quiet before God? And my answer was this. Are you looking for or expecting a destination or a reality based on something already accomplished for us by Jesus? Jesus was quiet for us. Jesus trusted for us. Jesus overcame for me. Jesus believed for me. And God has not left you to figure it out. End quote. He has not left us to ourselves. We are not struggling to acquire something. In fact, we're not struggling to acquire anything. Jesus was not only an example for us, Jesus was an example of us. When you're feeling like you haven't been diligent enough to read your Bible, Jesus has read the Bible thoroughly and understands the scriptures beautifully. When you feel like you haven't prayed deep enough, long enough, hard enough, with enough faith, Jesus knows just how to pray and Jesus has already prayed that prayer of faith with you, for you, in your place. When you're feeling like morally there's some things lacking, just remember Jesus is perfect and sinless. He is you. You are him. You're, you're one. It's hard to tell the two of you apart. God is not distant. God is not out there. So the, the, the key to establishing the place of silence is to understand that God's not somewhere else. Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, And through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, and making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies in your minds 
because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. He's already done that. Once we were separate, once in death, once we were alienated in our minds, it wasn't that God had separated himself from us. We were alienated in our minds. Again, our, 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 our paradigm here in terms of entering that place of silence is that we need to unite and join our soul to our spirit. Our number one issue in listening to God is the reuniting of our soul with our spirit. It's our soul that's messed up. It's our mind, our thought life that's so messed up and unwilling to uh, listen to the things of God when he speaks to us. And so God took us when we were in our alienation and he joined us to Jesus, through Jesus, he joined us to himself. He reconciled us to himself. Here's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 through 14. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He himself is our peace. So even when we are in the midst of some of the worst situations as a nation, as a society, we've got the pandemic going, we have the financial fallout as a result, we have schools closed and children committing suicide because their entire world has been turned upside down and they've lost so much of their identity and what they identified with. We have the political issues that are going on uh, here in America. Oh my goodness. And yet, in the midst of all of that, Jesus invites us in to his peace. He invites us into the place of silence and says it's a perfect place where the only thing you can see is me Message number two in our series. And the only thing you hear is the voice of your own breath repeating, He is near. I am with you. You are with me. We are one. <laughs> it's perfect language. Perfect language. You see, <clears throat> this rapture escapism mentality view of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 lends itself to this event-based destination pursuit of God's voice. Here's verse 16. You're familiar with it, I'm sure. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still here and alive, who are left until the, quote, coming, underline that, coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven. We conceive of this Greek word coming, parousia, we conceive of that as a point in time when Christ will come back. But in truth, it's not Christ coming back. The word parousia has nothing to do with coming back or returning. It is the word for presence. Presence. Not return because I left, but presence because you and I can be almost devoid of the presence of Jesus in our soul while in fact we're one with Christ. There can be so many things swimming in our soul, attacking our soul, attacking our emotions and our mind, that it feels like God is a great distance away. And we've got to reconcile that. We've got to deal with the soul of that. God has dealt with us. He's brought us near. He's placed us in Christ. And now he says, Jesus... This is not talking about the rapture and escaping out of here. This is talking about the presence of Jesus when it's here. It is powerful. Angels shout. Trumpets blast. 
and we are made one with the Lord. Now, I am not saying that there is not a second coming, a literal bodily second coming or return of the Lord to the earth. There is. And there's a number of other passages that speak of this articulately and beautifully. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 was hijacked. It simply does not mean what so many have used it to teach about the second coming of the Lord. It's talking about the presence of Jesus Christ. So this point in time invention sabotages the very fundamental meaning of presence, parousia. Parousia denotes a state, not an action. So yesterday while I was studying, there was a headline over an article that caught my attention. See if it's not familiar to you. I quote, Church members are tired, lonely, and longing to be together. End quote. You know what my response is? Who are you here, Elijah? I understand the loneliness. I can't wait for a time when this pandemic is behind us far enough that we can gather again and we can hug freely and smile together and slap each other on the back, grab hands and pray where I can cast the devil out of some of you and you can pray for me that, that you know, I'd, I'd get thinner and I, I can fit into some skinny jeans like Stephen Furtick. I'm kidding with you. Come on, I'm having some fun. I long for what we have lost in that way. But I'll tell you what, I have not lost my Christianity here. I have not stopped serving Jesus. Jesus is more precious to me today than he was back in March and April of 2020 when this whole thing started almost a year ago. This, and these headlines, they're constant, they're everywhere. And you read these and you believe them. You believe them because they're like seeds sown in the fertile soil of our hearts. The devil is a seed merchant. He has no power except that he's a seed merchant who carries bastard weed crop bastard seed, and he offers it to you, and then you and I take it and we plant it by restating these words and planting them into the soil of our heart. Oh yeah, church members are tired. I know all our church members are tired. Yeah. And you know, people have been telling me they're lonely. They're just lonely. Church is just, we, it's lonely out here. And we're not only longing to be together, but you know, I just don't know if it's ever going to be the same. We've just lost the reason and the definition of church. Why? Did Jesus leave? Did God fall off his throne? Could it be that you were chasing? Could it be that we were focused on miraculous signs and wonders and, and the wind blowing and breaking up rocks and the earthquake and, and that kind of thing for church? Could it be that we were that we had our focus and our investment of our faith in the wrong things and not in the sound of silence that comes from drawing away with Jesus and being personal with him. What am I telling you? Jesus didn't go anywhere. God did not leave us in this pandemic. You are not left to yourself to figure this out. And at your loneliness, at your most tired, when you feel like nothing's working, and the walls are falling in and caving in. Listen, Jesus understands and Jesus has already taken care of it. Here's your takeaways for this morning. Please, reconsider Mount Sinai. It's not a place of legalism and law. It's not a place of burden and obligation, which was the Old Testament covenantal view for the Jewish people. We are now under the law of grace. And I want you to reconsider the place of silence. Let me tell you what it is. The place of silence is the place of rest where we recognize our complete wholeness and oneness with Christ. Having been placed in Him, we are now face to face with Him. Listen to this. 
First John chapter 2, verse 1, the Passion Translation. We continually have a forgiving Redeemer who is face to face with the Father and with us. Here's, here's Francois Dutrois' translation in the mirror translation of 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Please listen. I was going to have it on the screen for you this morning, and we had a hiccup, and, I, and, and so I'll be happy to send you my notes if you'd like them. Please text me and, and let me know. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My darling little children, the reason I write these things to you is so that you will not believe a lie about yourselves. If anyone does not believe, excuse me, if anyone does believe a distorted image to be their reality, we have Jesus Christ who defines our likeness face to face with the Father. He is our parakletos. The one who endorses our true identity, being both the source and the reflection of the Father's image in us. So you are face to face with God. No matter what's happening in this pandemic, no matter what's going on educationally or politically in our nation, no matter what's going on with the rioting in the streets, I'm not saying don't care about those things. I'm saying that regardless of what's going on around us, you and I can hide away in the cleft of the rock. Not a place of miracles and signs and wonders. Oh my goodness, there's a place for that. But it's so weak, it's so thin, it, it so competes for the real relationship God wants to have with you. Which is one born out of silence. Where you just love one another back and forth, face to face. You love Jesus in quietness. And he speaks to you. Here's your second takeaway. Decide where you're going to get your information about God. Which should always be Jesus. And Jesus alone. Number three. Go to the place of silence in your soul. He's already gone there. Let's go with him. Grab his hand. Jesus is there right now. You're in Jesus and you're one with him. So let's rest. We're going to play a song for you right now. It's just a, a song of reflection as you prepare your communion elements. Grab your juice and your bread. We're going to do the same here during this song. And then when the song ends, we'll come back. We'll take communion together and then we'll, we'll have a, a prayer. Go ahead.
speak the word, the eternal divine holy word. Let it light my path as each promise stands. Speak the word. I will hide it in. That's why your spirit is engaged and invigorated and lifted this morning. It, it's not me. It's the word of God being spoken, and you're hearing it, and faith comes by hearing. Here's what we're going to do with the bread and the cup as we partake of this this morning. Keep in mind that his presence is a state. Perusia is a state, right? It, it, it's not an action of him coming. It's a state that he is here. It's not a point in time we're looking for. It's right now. So when I was asked by my good friend, how, how do you get into that place of silence and quiet? You recognize that you're there already. He did it for you. You're in Him. Stop struggling. Rest. We take the bread, and the bread represents His body broken, but it also represents that He's placed us in Himself and the Father. So take and eat. By faith, you are in Jesus. You are where He is right now, His presence. And then he gave us his blood, and after supper, and after he had broken bread and shared it with the disciples, he passed around the cup and he said, this is the new covenant. I'm making a new agreement. You don't need to chase miracles. I'm no longer going to be over there in a temple that you need to, you know, do all of these things and obey all these observances and laws in order to get to me, all right? I'm not over there. I'm right here now. I live in you. And so we need to decide where we're getting our information about who God is. And maybe shut down some of those things that our soul has been open to and start meditating. Go to the place of silence and start meditating on who Jesus is. He gave us his blood and my prayer over this communion right now as we take the blood is this. My prayer is that as you drink this, you would be released into a new reality 
of presence and set free from the religion of over there. Now we're going to pray. And again, I did, I did think about having this prayer. I had planned to have this prayer on the screen. I had a slide for it. And we had a technical difficulty. And so what I'm going to do, rather than have you just read it along with me, I'm going to read this and stop and pause, and I want you to say it out loud, will you? It's just one of our three prayers for 2021. I took one of the three prayers for 2021. It happens to be the shortest. And I'm going to read it out loud. And as I pause, you go ahead and repeat it after me, would you? Let's pray this together now. Make us less certain about the things of which we are certain and more open to the possibilities we do not yet see. Mm, praise God. Well, one of the church members sent a text that we're not believing or praying for skinny jeans for Pastor Jeff. So, I agree. I agree. Guys gathering this Thursday night, 730. Don't miss the bromance. We always start on time and we end on time. All right? We do. I mean, we're, we start at 730 and it's one hour, okay? Come on, jump on. If you need the link, it will be on the website this week. It's not there right now, but it will be there this week on our website. Or you can text me, 720-878-8899. Thank you for joining us today at the Genesis Gathering, and we'll see you next week.